Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we debunk the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today we're sticking right to breastfeeding. My guest today is Dr. Marie Dietrich Lohr. Dr. Dietrich Lohr, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Let me tell you a little bit about this remarkable woman. She is an assistant professor with the College of Nursing at the University of Saskatchewan, Canada. Prior to completing her doctoral studies in community health and epidemiology, she provided lactation support in her role as a rural public health nurse for many years. Her research interests include public health nursing practice, maternal child health, and lactation support. Her research explores the perspectives of program recipients so that their voices can help inform program planning and delivery. Her current research project is exploring the perceptions of women who expressed breast milk. She breastfed her four daughters and is enjoying being a grandmother and watching her daughters embark on their own breastfeeding journeys. I was interested in inviting Dr. Dietrich Lohr onto the show because I think that we spend an awful lot of time talking about the benefits of breastfeeding and the nutritional aspects of breastfeeding. Even on this show, we have talked about the microbiome and we've talked about so many of those biological imperatives for breastfeeding. And I'm sure that all of you would agree those are important, but we kind of got this other whole thing which is since the time that I was a young nurse, there's always that, uh, there are these obstacles. You know, many years ago, actually in my hometown of Rochester, New York, we had Dr., um, not my hometown anymore, but anyway, um, we had Dr. Uh, Everett Coop say, we must reduce the barriers that keep women from breastfeeding from initiating or continuing a breastfeeding. So uh, it, it occurs to me that a lot of those are the psychological and emotional experiences of breastfeeding. And that's exactly what uh, Dr. Dietrich Lohr's uh, research has been about. So can you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to take on this topic in the first place? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, To be honest, it was a little bit accidental. Um, (laughs) Because of my public health nursing background, I worked uh, with a public health nutritionist. Um, Eunice Miske was my co-researcher. And mostly we were planning to explore why we have high breastfeeding initiation rates in our health region in Western Canada, but low rates of exclusive breastfeeding to six months, like in in many places in, in the West. And so we decided to do a survey just to explore explore uh, 
um, infant feeding practices among women who had initiated breastfeeding, um, just what that looked like, what happened during their first six months. So, so we got public health nurses to distribute this survey when women came in when their babies were six to 12 months for immunization, just asking sort of what, what happened during that that first six months. And so we had close to 200 women that, that filled in this survey, either online or by mail. And we had both categorical questions asking, you know, um, how long did you breastfeed and things. But we had some open-ended comment questions with, and they were unlimited length. So, you know, oh, whatever nice. the women wanted to say. Yeah. Uh-huh. And one one question was, how do you feel about your experience breastfeeding your baby? And we were amazed <laughs> by the length and the depth of the really rich narratives that so many mm. women shared. And there was just so much emotion that was expressed that I think we thought, you know, we did say, how do you feel in the question? Um, but it was a surprise how responsive women were and how much they wanted to share their story and how much of their story related to the emotional side of their breastfeeding journey. Um, we wondered if maybe because it was an anonymous survey, if that freed them oh. up to... Yeah, to truly say how it had gone, good or bad. Um, so we sort of accidentally fell into this emotional piece as well. We were focused yeah. on the same areas most researchers are focused on, right? And then this piece came, it just glaring um, how emotional this was for women. You know, as you say that, I was thinking about my own mother who every time that she saw a pregnant woman, she could work breastfeeding into the conversation. <laughs> and she could do that almost until the day she died. You know, clearly, breastfeeding was a very emotional experience for her. And uh, it sounds to me like when you gave them plenty of opportunity to respond, it wasn't just so many characters or so many words. It sounds like they really, you know, were eager to share that. And to the extent of, well, to a large extent. So, What sorts of things were things that you expected to hear? Okay. Well, one thing we expected was that breastfeeding was a positive experience for most women. And I'll recognize my bias. It was a positive experience for me uh, because of my role as a public health nurse. You know, I always promoted breastfeeding. And so, you know, as this beautiful, wonderful thing. And so we did hear a lot of that from the majority of mothers. They had an overall positive experience. And the wording, the adjectives they used were interesting. Things like loved it, loved Uh it, or it was great, um, awesome, enjoyed it, adore it. Um, It was special. Um, one woman said, amazing, I had planned to formula feed from birth, but after the very first time breastfeeding, I loved it. So, um, you know, so there was a lot of that. Also, not surprisingly, women who um, said that it had gone well talked about, you know, maybe that was one reason that they loved it so much. So they mentioned it had been easy for them and, you know, that made it easy for them to, to really love that experience. Well, I there were a couple of things that really caught my eye, and fortunately, in your write-up of the study, you gave a lot of direct quotes, and some of them were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that one a million times, and others of them were like, whoa, all right, uh, <laughs> uh, definitely, the one that caught my attention was the woman who said that it was wonderful, easy, and so forth, and 
she thought that it was abnormal that it was easy. That one really caught my attention. I'm like, whoa, who has she been listening to? Uh, but I also think uh, your first comment was was uh, very interesting, too, about how for these women it was, as I like to say, I don't have any research for this, just an awful lot of talking to an awful lot of mothers. It really seems like it was a life-changing event. Oh, I think it, I think it is for a lot of women. Um, I think for those that, that it has gone well, particularly, um, they get to really enjoy the positive pieces of it, right? So the beauty of, of breastfeeding for them, it's, you know, if, especially if you didn't have some of the challenges and downsides, all you got was the really positive, positive experiences. So for those women, you know, and they talked a lot about one of the reasons women loved it so much was the mother infant emotional connection. You know, they talked about a special bonding time or a time to nurture the baby and a relaxation time for both the mom and the baby. Um, You know, just those quiet moments spent together. So, I think for a lot of them, it it was life-changing. They really felt a connection, and some alluded to they think they wouldn't have felt the same connection if they had been bottle feeding. It was just, you know, this emotional, um, nurturing, precious moments, as someone said, um, you know, with the baby. Yes. Uh, I want to go back to the part two, and I was was looking for it in your study. I can't immediately locate it, but the woman who's said that she had planned to formula feed, but apparently somehow at the last minute did the breastfeeding. And immediately what came to my own mind was, I've worked a fair amount of labor and delivery, and I usually think that if they've, they've pretty much all made their decision before they come to labor and delivery, but I have had some late converts, I have, and then I've often wondered was it just like this one flash in the pan or did they really continue? And as I was reading that comment, I was thinking it's never too late to talk to women about breastfeeding. Would you agree? Oh, certainly. And, and, that particular quote is a case in point of someone that must have been encouraged to just give it a try. Um, I think quite often there'll be an advice to give the baby the colostrum, you yeah. know, so so for some women, I think they're willing to breastfeed for a couple of days, you know, to get that important um, colostrum to the baby. And then after that, you know, maybe they have the intention to quit. But if that goes well, as in yes. this case, they may decide to continue uh-huh. onward. Yes. Well, as you know, the the World Health Organization has been very clear in their publication to say that, uh, I should say their publications plural, to say that even if the mother intends to formula feed, that you should tell her how important it is to breastfeed, to put that baby to breast, to put that baby skin to skin immediately after delivery and I must say, I have seen a few of those, as I like to say, late converts. If they have that experience, their whole face just, you can tell, it just lights up their world. And I I guess I've been fortunate enough to not see the ones that didn't like it, but I imagine they're out there too. Uh, So, yeah, it's, it's never too late. I wanted to ask you too, because even though I have practiced in the big city and the bigger cities, uh, I did do a lot of rural health. But do you think that 
the world setting in some way affects their choices. And the reason I say that is it seems to me they're much closer to the animal kingdom. Did you get any of that in your study or even just in your uh, casual observations? Not as strongly. You know, it could have been a factor in some cases, but I think even in in the rural areas, there was still the generation or so where women formula fed. And so that intergenerational transfer of knowledge, even in in the rural areas, I think was lost to some degree. So there Mm. may be a little bit of benefit from that, but a downside for the rural remote moms is they're so much further away from the resources. If they need to see a lactation consultant, the, the accessibility to lactation, consultants, maybe online, maybe by telephone, but have somebody who knows what they're doing come and look at your latch and have that skill. You know, there'd be maybe public health nurses, but not all public health nurses are lactation consultants. So, right, so right. you know, so that's a difficulty. The access, I think, to breastfeeding supports is less in the rural areas. Oh, most definitely, yes. And as I hear you talking, I'm thinking that uh, I offer the comprehensive lactation course for people who want to become IBCLCs, and we make a pretty concerted effort to try to reach those people that are in the rural areas because we know how great the need is. And going into the big city, you know, that just might not be very realistic, especially if you're in the snow belt and on and on, you know. So, wow, this has been really interesting. We've been talking with uh, Dr. Dietrich Lohr about her study, her motivation for doing it, and also the, the, the things that she kind of expected to hear. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk with her about what she kind of didn't expect to hear, and we'll, we'll uh, talk about that. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with Dr. Dietrich Lohrer, and we're talking about the emotional experience of breastfeeding. Now, speaking of the emotional experience of breastfeeding, I want to tell you, I have been teaching my comprehensive lactation course for over a decade, and I am always sure that people sitting in those seats have had a life-changing experience from their own breastfeeding interactions. If you're one of those people, and if you want to take the next step to being an IBCLC, please join me in any of the cities where I will be, but uh, Orlando is coming up, and that's a really nice hot spot to go to in the dead of winter. If not, I'm in other places, and I'm also online. So check it out at breastfeedingoutlook.com. Again, that's breastfeedingoutlook.com, or you can call our office at 703-787-9894. So, Dr. Dietrich Lohr, I want to talk a little bit about women's expectations or anticipations, whatever it is, where it seemed to me that you had people that thought that it was going to be easy and it wasn't, but then you had kind of the opposite, which was people who thought it was going to be difficult and it wasn't. So tell us a little bit about that easy and natural stuff. Okay. Well, I think there's a bit of a cultural expectation that breastfeeding is natural. You know, women have been doing it through through the beginning of time. And so they're expecting this joyous, happy experience and that it's going to be relatively easy and natural. Now, there are, is some messaging, you know, that does suggest it's a learned behavior. Um, and we do many places offer breastfeeding classes and things. So, but I think that's a little bit in the back of people's minds. They just expect that it's not going to be too difficult. And so some of our respondents seem quite surprised when they face some challenges and they weren't, you know, I got the sense they weren't expecting that to happen. And also that they thought it probably isn't happening to other people. So they internalized it a bit. Um, And there's some other research that supports that. Doctors Binns and Scott in Australia, they interviewed women and found, they found only 31% prenatally expected to have any breastfeeding difficulties, yet the majority went on to experience, you know, some type of challenge or problem. So it's, you know, the the idea that you're not going to have any problems and, and that it's normal that everything goes wonderfully without 
needing to problem solve is 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 a bit of a myth. Uh, we asked in our study if moms had had any major breastfeeding problem or issue and 43% said they'd had a major challenge of some type. Um, so it's it's quite common that they're going to experience a difficulty and I guess the way we maybe promote breastfeeding, some of the moms aren't expecting that to happen to them. So I want to pick up on this idea of all natural and I've heard mothers and I'm sure you have had mothers tell you well, you know, it's like little puppies, right? They just know what to do, and the baby just gets right on like the little puppies do or the little kitties do. It's like, well, not always. Uh, so uh, how I, I you were not really able to get back to these folks, but maybe f- from the standpoint of being an, a clinical expert, what would you suggest for the rest of us t- to help mothers to understand that honestly – Sometimes it does work that way. I have seen babies who get on, latch on, go gangbusters. And then I've seen a lot who don't. So uh, what kind of messaging is, in your opinion, helpful for these moms? I think just to help them understand that it's a learned skill uh, for mom and for baby and that it is common that they may have some challenges um, and make sure that we're providing the resources and that moms are aware of the resources out there to help them get through these challenges. Because I think if they think it's just an easy and natural thing for everyone, when it goes wrong for them, they think, what's wrong with Uh, me? You know, why is this working with everyone else? They feel guilty that they're having problems. They feel like they're not being a good mom or they feel inadequate or like they're failing their child. And then sometimes, depending on the nature of, of the challenge, if it's latch issues and their nipples are sore, they may have physical discomfort on top of right. psychologically feeling like, what is the matter with me? Why, you know, I'm so frustrated. Um, one mom said she was going crazy. You know, it was so difficult. So um, it's very hard emotionally for these moms when things aren't going well and and they think that it should have, um, that it mostly goes well for everyone else. So we need to reassure these moms that challenges are a normal part of a breastfeeding journey um, and that, you know, there's the supports there to help them try to solve that. Uh, sometimes I tell mothers that if they've heard how wonderful breastfeeding is and how easy breastfeeding is, um, those friends who are talking might not be talking about the first couple of weeks. And then usually I try to just get them to look a little bit farther out. Were you able to, from the data that you collected, were you able to see if those that had the positive experience were more likely to be talking after that period or those that felt that were uh, finding it more difficult were they more likely to be in those first couple of weeks when they made the response or did your uh, study really not, uh, could you not correlate those two things? 
Um, we couldn't closely correlate, but certainly we had um, we had some moms because the criteria was just that you'd initiated breastfeeding. So we actually had some moms who, oh, who started okay. breastfeeding and had already stopped, and they discussed yeah. that. Um, some of the women that talked about how positive it was, they did talk about having faced difficulties at the beginning. And those yeah. women often used the word pride. Um, yeah. They felt very Probably. proud that they had persevered. Um, one mom said, we had a rough start, but I'm proud to say that I've nursed for as long as I did. So if they can get through that initial period or get through a period where there's a lot of challenges, um, then they're, you know, for those moms that successfully made it through that period, they are so gratified that they stuck with it. And it is really common to have, there's some other research um, Dr. McCann in the States had interviewed breastfeeding women, found 70% reported at least one problem in the first month. And that Australian study by Bins and Scott I mentioned, I think they had 83% had a problem while still in the hospital. So we do need to normalize that, that expect challenges, but also expect that there is a way to solve most of these challenges. Well, uh, that business about the pride or proud really caught my attention. I highlighted it in your study. And I was thinking, to, uh, to some extent, we're all like that. Gee, I just fought with, with a printer here this morning that I was trying to get the cartridge in. And I remember thinking, no, I am not going to ask for help. I am going to do this myself. I am going to get this thing to work. And afterwards, of course, you feel that great sense, even with something as dumb as replacing your cartridge, of, wow, you know, I can do this myself. And it seems to me that that's where that comment was coming from when they they were able to overcome something. That's a really great feeling. No, it is, and it's it. That's all part of that. The confidence, the breastfeeding self-efficacy, too. The, you know, how yeah. you approach that problem or that challenge, whether you truly believe that you can actually fix it um, and overcome it. That's impacted by a. You know, there's many things. Doctor Doctor Cindy Cindy Lee Dennis has talked about the breastfeeding oh, self-efficacy yes. theory, and you know, yeah. so mm-hmm. so if you're able to get through that, there is the pride in that. Um, but conversely, for the women that that was an unresolved problem, they are yeah. so so emotional about that. I've had women approach me when I've been at conferences with tears in their eyes if they had hoped to breastfeed and it didn't go well and they stopped before they meant to. They are so, my heart just goes out to these women because I feel like, you know, the healthcare system has let them down. A few quotes from from our study was one mom said, feel very let down, feel guilty I could not feed my baby. Another said, I feel disappointed in myself for not trying harder. Um, you know, so they take the blame on themselves when they yeah. have had to discontinue early because of these issues. And I think that stays with mom from women I've spoken to for a long time. And we need to support yeah. those women who wanted to breastfeed, did their best, and you know, obviously didn't get the resources that they needed or whatever factors had to stop when they didn't want to stop yet. Yes, it's funny you mentioned that because just today I replied to somebody who had uh, posted a comment on my blog and basically I said to her, don't blame yourself for this 
Sometimes it's not clear where the blame belongs anyway, but in this particular case, the healthcare system failed you. They needed to give you more information, better information, more support for the decision that you had made, and it's kind of hard to just go it alone. Now, listen, you and I have both lived long enough to know that there are people that are going to get through it no matter what, no matter what. No matter how much we fail them, the system fails them, and everything else, they're going to get through it. But honestly, most people, they it's very difficult to get by by themselves, certainly. Certainly, people yeah. people need help. And there was Dr. Odom um, and colleagues um, had done some research and found 60% of mothers did not feed breastfeed as long as they had hoped. So yeah. the vision women have for their breastfeeding journey, um, for many women, it doesn't go as well as they hoped. And we see that with the really high initiation yeah. rates and yeah. then the much lower rates of exclusive breastfeeding for six months. So what do we need to be doing better in there to support those women? So many that initiated wanted to go so much longer than they did. So we need to get, we've done a good job convincing women to start breastfeeding. Yeah. Now, how do we help them with any of these issues that are arising so that they're not quitting before they had hoped to? Yes. And yet, in another breath, I would say, I don't think this is secular to breastfeeding. I think this is the same with weight loss or uh, any other endeavor that people take out. Well, New Year's resolutions, we know that most people give up by 10 days. So people are motivated to do something The question is, how do we help them to get from the desire and the motivation to the actual uh, accomplishment of whatever that goal was? Everybody, do not go away. I'm here having a very interesting conversation with Dr. Dietrich Lohr. We're talking about the emotional and psychosocial aspects of breastfeeding. We will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk. 
with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm your host, Marie Biancuso, and I'm here today with Dr. Dietrich Luer. We're talking about the psychosocial and emotional aspects of breastfeeding. I really want to pick up on this business with confidence because, as you probably know, I've, uh, gee, I'm fishing for this here, but I think it was as early as 1971 that um, Dr. Um, no, his name is escaping me right now. Uh, he and his wife both talked about the the confidence, and he said that breastfeeding is a confidence game. And I have often told myself that if I could give women a confidence pill, we would have women breastfeeding forever. And I remember one time in a course saying that it was very difficult to just give people confidence. And I'm sure I will never forget a woman who was in the back who raised her hand and she said, Marie, I agree with that, but it's very easy to take confidence away from a woman. And I thought, wow, that was pretty profound. And certainly you mentioned earlier the work of Dr. Cindy Lee Dennis, who also is in Canada. Dr. Dennis is very well published, and I have read many of her studies. But she does talk about the self-efficacy, which really feeds into that whole confidence thing. Can you help us to understand this a little bit better, please? I can certainly try. Um, So Dr. Dennis talked about how the breastfeeding self-advocacy, it predicts whether a mom chooses to breastfeed. If she believes that she's confident that this is something she can successfully do. Also, how much effort or perseverance a mother may put into breastfeeding when those challenges arise. And how she thinks, like whether she's got self-enhancing or self-defeating thought patterns. You know, is that mom visualizing success or failure? 
failure and then how her emotional response is to these difficulties is is certainly a factor. And so there's some things we can modify around that when we're helping moms because as we discussed earlier, if a mom is expecting this to be this easy, natural experience and when some challenges arise and they weren't expecting them, they think it goes beautifully for everyone else. What's the matter with them? That negatively impacts their their own breastfeeding self-efficacy or maybe in with a first baby if they had to discontinue due to unresolved problems that's going to impact their visualization of whether they can be successful with a subsequent child and so you know things that we can do those of us that offer lactation support um, to try to help mothers um, get past any Um, negative experiences or to reinterpret what maybe has gone on if they had some challenges Mm -hmm. and not internalize it as being you know a failed mom because there's been some research that suggests like women feel like they're being judged so if they good mothers breastfeed so if it didn't go well for you they might feel that they'll be negatively judged right we know breast Breast is best message is a good motivator um, to get women to breastfeed. But then there's this guilt if breastfeeding didn't go well and you switch to formula because you're not giving your baby what's best. You know, we think of breastfeeding in terms of success, like the World Health Organization's 10 steps to successful breastfeeding. But for the moms that it didn't go as they had hoped, what's the opposite of success? (laughs) Yeah. I just thinking that that's failure, yeah, yeah. So or, we or at need, least they perceive it as failure. They perceive it as failure, and that's where I think we need to really address that emotional piece for the moms that are carrying all this guilt. Um, they had the best of intentions; they wanted to breastfeed, and it is so common that they've quit earlier than they planned. And we need to reassure them um, that it is not them. It is the system that's let them down. But also think, how do we build up that confidence or that self-efficacy for a subsequent attempt when they have another child, perhaps? Yes, yes. Uh, You know, it it just dawned on me, uh, 1971 was Derek Jelloff. He was the one who started the, uh, the issue about the confidence, and I totally believe it. As I was hearing you talking, I was thinking about a guest that I had who talked to, uh, she's a, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, excuse me, and she, she talks about the story in your head. By the way, she also is a host at, at Voice, Voice America. It's um, Sandra Reich. And I remember interviewing her and I said to her, so in other words, whatever our topic was, is the story in your head and she never missed a beat she said marie it's all about the story in your head and as i heard you talking just now i was thinking that positive story in your head i can do this i can accomplish this i am a totally put together woman i have confidence i can do this when that's the story in your head you're a lot more likely than to, I can think of one woman right off the bat who, gee, she was only a few weeks pregnant when she was already telling me, I'm so afraid he won't latch. I'm so afraid he won't latch. And it's like, well, if you keep telling yourself that story, you probably won't. And so I think that we've really got to help people to get this positive uh, story in their head real early in the game. Wow. 
For sure. Uh, One of the sources of information Dr. Dennis talked about um, for self-efficacy was verbal persuasion and encouragement from others. You know, so it's your previous experience, the experience you see other women having, the vicarious experiences, but also this encouragement, this verbal persuasion from influential people around you that can help give you that confidence, that positive reinforcement that it's, it's okay, you can get through this. Yes, yes. Yeah, sometimes I've had mothers circle a day on their calendar and I say, we're going to both agree that you're not going to stop before this date. And it's not forever. You know, it's not forever. It's, you know, maybe six or eight or ten days from when we're talking. But what I'm trying to do is to get her to keep her eye on a short-term win because sometimes people feel pretty overwhelmed when they think I've got to do this for six months. And it's like, well, you know, even the longest journey begins with the first few steps, certainly. I do want to talk, though, about the negative emotions. I was surprised in your study, not by the, I mean, I've heard those things too, but I was kind of surprised that people would write these things down. On the other hand, I just heard you say that it was an anonymous survey, so maybe they felt like (laughs) that was the place to express their negative emotions. So talk to us a little bit about some of those negative emotions that mothers felt. And yet, by the way, it seemed to me like some of them stuck with it anyway. For sure. And I think that um, the anonymity of the survey maybe did allow women to express some of those things. I think back to when I was doing postnatal home visits, and I'm not sure I heard women talking about the negative emotions around breastfeeding, but they might not have felt comfortable to share that with me. And I was probably just assuming that everybody loves breastfeeding, right? You know, that's sort of not the not uh, politically correct to say that you don't like breastfeeding um, or, you know, um, compared to the other the other narrative. And so I think in the survey, women were a bit more willing to share that piece. So we had some women, and we may think women either you either love or you hate breastfeeding, but for a lot of women, they shared both. It wasn't an either-or experience. So some mm. women talked about having conflicting emotions simultaneously. They may have liked certain aspects of breastfeeding but disliked others. So one quote was, I love it. Some days I get frustrated though because I just want to be physically left alone. So there it's both that she loves the act of breastfeeding but also she finds, you know, just having this baby attached so often, okay. she wants to be left alone. Yeah. So, the, you know, the, the, the conflicting emotions there. Um, and I think you have conflicting emotions for the women that maybe had difficulties at some point. And so it may be they were having a rough time emotionally with it. And then once they fought through those challenges, it was okay. Uh, I could share another quote. A mom said, at the beginning, it was hard. It was a fight to get him to latch. Now it's awesome. It's easy to travel, work uh-huh. around my schedule. You know, so so even as part of the journey, the emotions can go from positive to negative. So you might have positive and negative occurring simultaneously, but you might have as the journey, it goes from predominantly one to predominantly the other. So we we did hear quite a few that had mixed emotions. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking of this. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, and also we had some women that shared that they just 
did not like breastfeeding at all um, and yeah. that they were breastfeeding for the sake of their baby. And those are the ones that I'm pretty sure probably wouldn't have shared that with me when I was offering offering breastfeeding support. Um, but in a survey, they were willing to share. Um, one mom said, I actually found a group of moms, I suspect it's online, and we found comfort and support in one another. It's okay not to love nursing your child was what we had in common. We were happy to do it for the best health of our children, but didn't necessarily love doing it. Doing it. Yeah. The one that caught my eye was awful. I hated it. I really wanted to do it until six months, but I couldn't. And I thought it was interesting. The first time that I ever heard a woman look at me and say, I hated breastfeeding. I hate, hate, hated it. Did I mention that I hated breastfeeding? And she must have said hated five times in one breath. And I thought, man, this had to have been really terrible for her. But like the woman here, she knew it was the best thing for her baby. And she powered through it a little longer, maybe. But here was the other thing. I heard myself, no joke, I heard myself interviewing Linda May about exercise here just a little bit ago. And... Um, I heard myself saying right on the podcast, I hate exercising. I don't like doing it, but I do it because I know that it's good for me. (laughs) So, you know, I think that those mixed emotions, as you put it, are, um, we don't necessarily love everything that we do, but sometimes our motivation is for somebody else or, well, I guess in my case, it's, it's for myself, but you know what I mean. Well, for these moms, you know, one of them talked about really doesn't like breastfeeding, but it's the best option for the baby and it's only for a year. So kudos to her that for a whole year, if she's, you know, unlike the moms that are just loving the breastfeeding piece, the ones that stick with it when they really don't, for whatever reason, enjoy doing it, but they do do it for the sake of the baby. Like you say, if you don't like exercising, it's a similar, similar concept. Concept. And here's the other thing. I have seen mothers who said, oh, I was only going to do it for six months, and now she's three and a half years old, and I don't want to quit. So you've really got it, got everything from soup to nuts. Don't go away, everybody. I am uh, here today with Dr. Dietrich Lure, and we will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. 
Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm your host, Marie Biancuto, and I'm here today with uh, Dr. Marie Dietrich Lure, who has done a very interesting study about the emotional and psychological aspects of breastfeeding. So I want to talk a little bit. We have had, at least here in the United States, and I presume as well in Canada, we have had all kinds of breastfeeding promotion, breast is best, breastfeeding on the uh, billboards, uh, our uh, women, infant, and children, our WIC program, on and on and on. This is the thing to do. So I think we have been very successful delivering that message, and it sounds like that's happened in Canada as well. But I think really kind of the bigger question is here, how do we help women to find the resources to help them when things aren't going so hot? Because I really do believe that if they wanted to do it and if they had adequate support, that continuation would be more likely. What can you give us for some suggestions, uh, first of all, if we're a professional, and what about if we're just a grandma or we're a next-door neighbor? What can we, what can we do to help? Well, I, I agree with you that I think we've done a good job promoting breastfeeding, uh, the breast is best, and the positive aspects of breastfeeding. Uh, 
but maybe we do need to normalize that there are some challenges a little bit. So, um, and the idea to stick with it, get help, uh, publicize the resources that are available to help. Maybe if you're a grandma, you know, again, to normalize that, that you're doing a good job. Um, it's not something easy to do, you know, just that positive reinforcement and encouragement for moms um, so that they want to stick with it even if they're having problems that they'll look for resources to problem solve and that they don't think they're a bad mom just because they're having difficulties you know to decrease some of that guilt that seems to be associated with breastfeeding problems so that moms expect that this is normal and I'm gonna win I'm gonna fight through this (laughs) right right Um, I find it difficult to erase that guilt once it's kind of in their head do you have any tips for us? Uh, sometimes I think I'm successful. Other times, yeah, I feel like I'm talking to the wall because she's just always, she's been told that she was basically a failure. I think all we can do is keep the positive reinforcement coming. Um, I, I find the emotions, the guilt is so deep with some of these women that have had a, a unsuccessful attempt at breastfeeding or didn't meet the breastfeeding goals that they had set for themselves. Um, and I'm amazed by they'll get tears in their eyes talking about it years later. And so, you know, just always to be cognizant of the emotional side of things. Or when a mom comes in to see you, maybe if you're a public health nurse that is no longer breastfeeding, do a little counseling session with that mom, recognizing that that probably may not have been a choice to have quit breastfeeding. And we just we just need to pay attention, I think, to those those um, psychological, emotional needs around breastfeeding. And because we do, as you said at the very beginning, we're focusing on how is that latch? How, you know, how often, how many peas and poops? Yeah. How often are you yeah. nursing? How often are you? And we need to be paying... <laughs> Yeah, we need to be paying more attention to those emotions and doing a psychological assessment on how the emotional journey is going for those women, as well as the technical piece of breastfeeding. You know, it's. I think you just nailed it right there, which is, it is always my um, proclivity, I don't know about you, but when I was in nursing school, the real emphasis was we got to fix it. Whatever ails the patient, we got to fix it. But so often with breastfeeding, I find myself giving, as you just very nicely said, the technical aspects, because trust me, I can fix it, but I can't fix it unless I can draw that mother into that conversation, have her feel good about herself, and I have to kind of stop myself back up and realize that it's not just the technical piece. It is the the whole headset, the story in her head, uh, and so forth. That's just just really important. Any tips that you have for us on being non judgmental? Uh, that's a hard one. I guess to be aware of our biases. So recognize that all emotions are okay um, and it's okay not to love breastfeeding Um, so just because you had certain emotions around breastfeeding don't assume that that other women on their unique experience are feeling the same way Um, so you know let listen we need to listen more and try to hear what that particular experience is like for that women woman and the best way best way to help them 
And I think sometimes sometimes the best way to help is to connect them with other women. Yes, agreed, agreed. And that's part of that whole peer-to-peer support that Dr. Cindy Lee Dennis has worked on. Uh, Do you have some successful models in Canada that maybe I'm not aware of uh, in terms of connecting those women formally or informally? I don't think we have one one particular model that's effective. I think there it looks different in different locations. We certainly research is okay. suggesting more and more that peer support, peer to peer support, is very is an effective strategy. Um, and we did hear from moms that sometimes they're finding that online now, which is a little bit different, yeah. you know, than the traditional Lalechi League groups. Um, so they're going yeah. online and finding groups of women that are maybe having, a, if especially if something unusual is happening in their journey that you know or the one that talked about not liking breastfeeding and finding a group of women that also didn't enjoy breastfeeding so there's the two sides there's the peer-to-peer support where you're actually with other women seeing them breastfeed but there's this whole online piece that is offering emotional support for a lot of women absolutely well and, and I can tell you that you and I right now are having this conversation online. So, you know, online is is uh, certainly one of those things that we need to look at as a possible support. Before we close out today, is there anything else that comes to your mind that you would like to share with the audience? Uh, just that we need to pay attention to that emotional side of things. And for women who are breastfeeding that we reaffirm how they're feeling and that they share that with other people and we respond in a non-judgmental way to to the journey that they're going through. Oh, totally, totally agree and very succinctly put uh, for those of you who might not have heard the entire show. Anyway, uh, thank you so much to Dr. Marie dietrich Lore for being with us today. Thank you. You are most welcome. Thank you. And for those of you who are listening, thank you. I don't have a show if I don't have any listeners. So please let your friends know that there is a show. It is on breastfeeding. It's easy to listen to. And I have some stellar guests. Uh, Today it was Dr. Dietrich Luer, but it has been many others. And we would love to have you aboard. There will be multiple episodes yet to come. But in the meanwhile, just remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 